So, Matthew chapter 21, I just hit the wrong button. I'm going to verse number uh, 18 or 19, Jonathan. I'll tell you. No, I got it. Back 18. Now, in the morning, as he returned into the city, he hungered. I can associate with that. I'm always hungry. When I'm, I know it doesn't look like it, but when I fast, (laughs) when I fast, then I break my fast and I'm eating, I'm like, I need to just eat a lot because I just need to enjoy eating because then I'm going to have to fast again. And my body doesn't like fasting. There are people who are made to fast. I know people who fast 39 days, 40 days. They fast for weeks at a time and they just love it. They have a ministry. They have a calling to fast. It's a gift of fasting, but I don't have that, okay? I go 30 minutes and it's like, oh, Lord, this is going to be one long day. And I just got up. And so Jesus is hungry here. And when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon. But leaves only. And said unto it, Let no fruit grow on thee henceforth forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. Other translations say immediately. The Amplified, which I have open here, says, And at once the fig tree withered. At once. Wow. There you go. And when his disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How soon is the fig tree withered away? Jesus replied, next one says, Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, if you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if you shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. All right. And next verse, now this is where I'm done. And all things, everybody say all things. All things whatsoever you shall ask in my, in prayer, believing, you shall have them. Whatever you ask in prayer, believing, you shall have them. So I just want to talk to you for a few moments about a couple things here in this passage. The Lord wants us to be fruitful. He went to the fig tree and he looked for fruit. He didn't find any fruit. So let me ask all of us this question today. Why do we come to church? Do we come to church because you get a magnificent text from me? Now, yesterday, I sent out a text that said, anybody. Anyone, anybody, anywhere, any place, anytime. Anybody see that one? Did y'all like? He's in trouble. He he's needing help. He's he's lost in space. I wasn't in trouble. I had help, but I was doing to see if I get more. Because if you have a job and you have three people on the job, it's going to take the time of three people. If you have nine. It's going to take less time for the job. 
Is it because I send out a text that you come to church? Is it because uh, there's nothing to do on Sunday mornings? I don't believe that because the world has every day jam-packed. The world has every day jam-packed in our lives. When, 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 uh, when faxing came along, everybody was excited about faxing. You could fax something. You could send something through this machine, and it would show up wherever you sent it to on their machine. Now, the first fax machine I saw was in 1989. Do you know how big that fax machine was? Amy, do you remember that fax machine? That fax machine was about the size of this table, and it weighed about 4 million pounds. Maybe not 4 million, but it was heavy. And you, it took two guys to carry the fax machine. And you hook it up, and, man, we were excited. We were faxing stuff. We were at the church in Maryland, and we had two different, three different lines. So we faxed a different, one line from one office to the other on different lines because it was exciting. We were fired up. A few years later, then, something called email. Email. I was working with a, uh, a guy named Frank Muncy. Some of you may know Brother Muncy. He was a missionary to Bulgaria. He was a church planner. He planted several churches. In fact, the largest church in Indiana is pastored by his son, Steve Muncy. And Brother Muncy was so excited, he said, you can send me an email, and within seconds, I'll have it in Bulgaria. And we were like, whoa. That was better than the dinosaur fax machine. So I'm talking about technology. Why do we come to church? Faxes? Emails? The world has put Sundays so busy that when when we thought that faxes came along, that our world was going to get so much more efficient. But it just made us busier. We thought that when emails came along, that everything was going to get better and we'd have more time, and it just got worse. The problem is now we have telephones Telephones used to be hooked to a wire that went into the wall. They only stayed in buildings. They did not go with you. Okay? They didn't go with you. And then the cell phone comes about. And it's hard to believe, and we were really didn't have our money's worth because the cell phone or the phones that were in houses that were hooked to wires into walls, you could only do one thing on them, and that was call somebody. Who ever heard of such a thing? That's all you could do was call somebody. And you knew their number because you didn't have a contact list. In fact, some of us knew our own numbers. Some of us don't even know our own cell phone numbers now because we never call it, and it's not on our contact list. But hey, just... just uh, if I'm in your contact, just call me, and then I'll give you my, you have my number. Now you have a, a, it's not really a phone, it's just a computer. It's a handheld computer you can get on the Internet. What it was, the Internet. Do you know, I don't know, we don't have statistics, but I, have you ever heard of Prodigy? You remember when Prodigy came out in the late 80s? I think I was the first person in Vandalia with Prodigy. Because I brought that disease from the East Coast with me when I moved here. Prodigy. And yet... If you had a 1200 baud modem, you were screaming. It was on fire, Johnny. 
you could tap in to hook up to Prodigy and then go make a sandwich. And by the time you got back, it was just popping up on the screen. And you felt like you were in laser speed because that's all you had. Why are we here today? Because of Prodigy? No. Why we're here and why are you watching? Because we want to be fruitful. We want to be fruitful for the kingdom. I'm in the kingdom. Why am I in the kingdom? So let's just go from the church to why are we in the kingdom? Why are we here? Why do we dress up and why do we, you know, put on deodorant? Because you don't want you want to keep what friends you've got left. I understand that. You know. You shower, you shave, you put deodorant on, you do cologne, you, you want to smell nice, you go, you go to church. Why are we in the kingdom? Because we want to be fruitful. Why do you go to work? Because you want to check. What do you do at work? You be productive at work. The same thing applies in the kingdom as it does at work. God wants us to be productive in the kingdom. God wants us to be fruitful in the kingdom. Why am I in the kingdom? First of all, I was born into this. I was born into this kingdom. Amen. You know, somebody says that they live a lifestyle of sin, and they said, I was born this way. That's why Jesus said, you must be born again. Because the first birth didn't work. The first birth will not work. You have to be born again. He said that in John chapter 3, verses 3 through 7. Except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Or see the kingdom. Except a man be born of water and spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom. And so we're here today because we want to be fruitful in the kingdom. We want to expand and produce in the kingdom. So Jesus is there. He is going by this fig tree and he sees this fig tree and he goes over because he's hungry. He wants some figs. He wants some nourishment. He wants some sustenance. The only problem is the tree is full of leaves, but there's no fruit. That's a dangerous situation for us. What are we doing for the kingdom? That's an individual question for each and every one of us. So put it on yourself. What am I doing for the kingdom? Well, pastor, you're the pastor. You're supposed to be doing stuff for the kingdom. The only problem is it didn't say that just pastors are to be fruitful. Otherwise, we would not have a believer's Bible. We'd have a pastor's Bible. It's for all of us. And so, what are we looking at ourselves and we're saying, what am I doing for the kingdom? What is my gifting for the kingdom? Do I have talent inside of me that I'm not using for the kingdom? Is talent being wasted? I saw somebody the other day and they said, oh, I just can't seem to get to church because we got this and we got that. Let me tell you something. The world will put everything it wants to and can in front of you to get you to do what it wants you to do. If you want to come to church, it is going to, let me say this, it is going to be a struggle for you to get to church. Because you have to fight your flesh. We all have to fight our flesh. Gobs of flesh. We 
all have flesh, and our flesh has one desire, and our flesh wants to do one thing, and our and our spirit wants to do another. That's why Jesus had to go to the garden to kill the flesh before the flesh got killed on the cross. By the time the flesh made it to the cross, the flesh was already dead. How about that? So if you're going to come to church, it's going to be a fight to get to church. The devil's going to make you tired. The devil's going to make you not feel good. The devil's going to make you not want to. You know what? I'll say this for you. You don't even have to. But I know there are times when all of us say, I wished I didn't have church tonight. I wished I didn't have church this morning. I said it for you. It's okay. I took it for you. Don't even feel bad. Most people, their conscience is seared enough, they don't anyway. People, do you notice how mean people are and they don't care anymore? Anybody ever? I mean, my kids say, Dad, why why are people so mean? I said, because they don't care. People are selfish. Paul talked about this to Timothy. He said, in the last days, perilous times would come. Perilous times, dangerous times are coming. Brothers and sisters, we're in dangerous times. But if we can persevere and keep getting to church and keep getting the word in us to become fruitful and productive Christians, hang on because there's going to be people that their world's fixing to get turned upside down. There's things that's getting ready to happen in this world that the world has never seen. There's things that's going to happen. Listen, in Revelation chapter 13, it talks about the devil who is the prince and power of the air. You can read this later, but trust me, it's in there. That he is, it describes him as the dragon. And that he is in the air and that he is cast down from the air, from his throne in the air to the, to the earth in the end times. And the next thing, the next uh, line says, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth, because the devil is now on the earth. Pure evil is now on the earth. I have never seen a time, and we have never seen a time when there's so much blatant violence and killing one another than there is right now. It's, it happens It happens at festivals. It happens in cities. It happens at birthday parties. You can go to a birthday party and you don't know if you're coming out of there. Somebody pulls up at the birthday party because they weren't invited and shoots eight of you. I'm just quoting the headlines. Well, what I'm saying is this. We are in a struggle and the devil wants to take you and I out. He wants to take you and I out because, you know, there are people that used to sit on these pews that aren't here anymore. There are people that used to be on these pews. They're not even on earth anymore. They're already gone. I got to thinking yesterday about several people who have passed on from this life who used to sit right here. I just, in a moment's time, boom, 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 three came to my name. And not the three that we've already, three that we've already talked about and remembered a few weeks ago. I'm talking about three fresh new ones. One was, one was in his late fifties. Another was in her early sixties. Another was in his mid, maybe mid, early to mid fifties. Gone. You see, there is an eternity. There is an, an, an afterlife. Some people say, well, I don't believe in an afterlife. Well, that's all right. You have your prerogative. 
You have your choice to believe in whatever you want to believe in. But the Lord says to him that knows to do good and does it not to him, it is sin. And so if I say and claim that I believe what the word says and the word says I'm going to live on forever somewhere, I'm going to either live in heaven or I'm going to live in hell and in destruction, then guess what? Or the lake of fire. I have got to make sure that I find my place with God. I have to make sure that I find out where I need to be and become a productive, fruitful Christian. Amen. We're talking about sermon titles. One is sell out or get out. Amen. Sell out or get out. I'm thankful that the Lord gives us grace and mercy to get us to the point that we're sold out. Because all of us are on a journey. And all of us are are walking this walk. And this walk is tough. It's not easy. Being a Christian is not easy. A lot of times it's just easier to throw in the towel and say, I'm not doing that. It's a lot easier not to go to church and just go to a baseball game, just let your mind be mush for nine innings. And if you're seeing the Cardinals this year, your mind will be mush. It won't take extra innings, believe me, because they're losing by the first inning. A couple of us went the other night. It was 2 nothing after the first Top of the first. And it, they were playing a nursing home. They weren't playing a team. They were playing a nursing home. And they're still lost. They still lost, Ginger. Your team hasn't won a World Series in 35 years. I'm telling you. It just, why? The devil will entertain us and put us to sleep. He'll entertain us and put us to sleep. How much time? Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I'm going to give you a stomachache before you go to lunch today. How much time do we spend? I know on your cell phone, it gives you, on Sunday mornings, it gives you your weekly average of how much screen time you burned. Now, you see, I should never figure that out. How about this one? How much time do we burn screen time? How much time do we burn in front of television and Internet? And we never teach a Bible study. And we never take time to pray. Are we being productive? What's happening in our world today? The world is on fire. The world is burning up. And God's trying to get a hold of us. And God's trying to put faith bombs on us. And God's trying to wake up his church and say, hey, come on. Come on, wake up, wake up. There's something going on. And guess what? The devil has us so preoccupied with social media and preoccupied with television and preoccupied with the Internet and preoccupied. So then then what happens is not only does he take our time, then he throws an attitude in there. So you see somebody on Facebook, they said something that made you mad. Now, not only do you have the, are guilty of the fact that you have wasted all that time, now you're mad. The Bible says, follow peace with all men. You get on Facebook and you see how good they're having it. They only take pictures of the highlights of their lives. 
And you get mad because I'll just never match up to what the Joneses are doing. Now, I'm, I'm related to the Joneses. Um, the Browns. I'll never, I'll never match up with the Browns. I'll never match up to the Browns. Look what they did. They had a birthday party for their two-month-old. The twenty. This was two months birth, and they took them all to Chuck E. Cheese. And the parents spent six hundred dollars on a birthday party. Now, brother in the blue, a black blazer, whatever color that is, I'm telling you the truth. I went. Amy and I went to a two-year-old birthday party one time for a two-year-old to Chuck E. Cheese. There was about thirty-five people they invited to Chuck E. Cheese. By the time they were done, they got on. They got out of there and they said, "You know, it wasn't too bad. It was only six hundred and fifty dollars." Am I telling the truth? For a two-year-old, thirty-five people at Chuck E. Cheese is only about six hundred and fifty dollars. Now that was a long time ago. Right now, probably about nine hundred and fifty dollars. But you see where the priorities are at? The devil has our priorities all twisted up and all out of whack. What he wants to know is, are you being productive for the kingdom? What he wants to know, are you using the talent that I gave you for your corporation and for your career? Or are you using the talent that I gave you for the kingdom and reaching somebody else? Let me ask you this question. What is greater than heaven and worse than hell? Taking somebody with you to the kingdom. Grabbing a hold of their hand and walking up to that wall and touching it together with somebody that you took with you. I'm not just talking about our families. I'm talking about somebody at work needs Jesus. I'm talking about somebody at work needs the, needs the Lord. I'm talking about somebody at Walmart needs minister to. Hallelujah. And you know what? It's a fight and it's a struggle. And you've been through that. You know, you talk to people at work and they come to church and they get in church and, and everything is going good. And suddenly the devil is so mad that he throws a, a side wander at him and takes him right out. And all of this business and relationships fall apart after all these years. What am I trying to say? I'm telling you, the devil is playing for keeps and the church is going to have to wake up. We're going to have to wake up and say, what are we really doing here? What is going on? Where what is going on in my life? Hallelujah. He looked at that tree and he needed a fig. But there was nothing there. And the master was displeased. He was perturbed. He was ticked. What's going to happen to us? I did not realize. Anybody ever heard of 4-H? Anybody ever heard of 4-H? You know what that stands for? I don't know either. I was in it. I came from a a rural community, a farm. I was in 4-H. I showed baby beefs, they called them. I showed cows, cattle. And... I found out through 4-H that one of one of my strengths was watch this public speaking speech I can remember I had to you had to write a speech and it had to be 
five minutes and you had to have index cards and you they taught you how to speak in, in front of people. And I can remember winning contests and awards doing that. And I know you guys are like, he could he could talk paint dry on a wall, you know. In fact, I want to tell you something. Can I share something? Do you want me to be real transparent with you? I don't have any notes today. Okay, I'm just telling you. In fact, the Lord gave me this scripture while I was up here. I wasn't up here on my phone checking my stock portfolio during worship because the Lord dropped a scripture on me and I had to find out where it was, okay? He's looking up 4-H. He's going to find out what the 4-H stand for. Honesty, humility, hungry, and Henry. I don't know. Henry Firearms. Who knows? Shouldn't say that in church. Talking about guns in church. Guns. You know we're rednecks when you're talking about guns in church. So here I am. I'm giving this speech, and I'm winning these awards, and I'm like, you know, okay, I didn't think anything about it. But the Lord said, you know what I put in you, Trace? I put that in you because someday I'm going to have you talk to a lot of people. I'm going to use you to talk to a lot of people about me. I'm going to use you that you're not afraid to get up in front of five people or 5,000 people. It doesn't matter. I'm going to let you have, give, I'm going to let you have that opportunity because the Lord puts in us giftings that He wants us to use. Not for our own glory, not for our own, uh, you know, bringing it in and consuming it ourselves, but God puts gifts in us for us to get out there in the harvest and in the field and start to use to talk to people, to help people, to minister to people. I know people who have the gift of evangelist. Now you say, what's the gift of evangelist? I mean, I am talking about some people who who uh, who run into somebody at Walmart and they just start spilling their guts to them. And by the time it's over, the guy has their hands raised in the air in the parking lot and they're getting the Holy Ghost praying in tongues. Boom, in the, hall, in, the in the parking lot of Walmart. In fact, there was one guy that used to sit on these pews that has that gift. He goes anywhere he wants. I went with him to Africa. I walked in the room, the hotel room in Africa. I walk in and they're putting water in the bathtub. I said, what are we doing putting water in the bathtub? We just came from a crusade that night. It was about midnight or one o'clock in the morning. I said, I'm not getting a bath. None of you are giving, giving, giving me a bath. So don't even think you're putting me in there. Oh no. I talked to the boy at the front desk. He wants to be baptized. What? Fifteen minutes later, the boy's up there. He got a t-shirt and a pair of shorts on. They put him in the bathtub, baptize him in Jesus' name right there in the bathtub. What am I talking about? God has put gifts inside of each one of us, not for our own consumption, but to grow the kingdom. Look at you. How far is it from where you are from? 8,000 miles? 7,000? You don't know. St. Elmo's not that far away, is it? No. You're thousands of miles from your native home. But God put gifts in you to get you here so we can help you find them, so we can send you into a harvest, so you can talk to people. Look at you. You're not in this a couple years, and on the phone you're giving Bible studies to Gino 5,000 miles away on a little island in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Then God has given us the contact list that say, when you say, Gino's ready to get baptized. Okay, we're calling people. We're calling pastors. Boom, boom, boom. You ever heard of Wahiwa? 
You never heard of Wahiwa? You drove right through it 15 times a day when you went to Hawaii. The pastor in Wahiwa baptized his friend. Amen. What am I talking about? I'm talking about God gives us these gifts. God gives us contacts. God gives us connections. Everything in your life is ordered of the Lord. He's just wanting to you to get it in line so you can become, and I can become profitable, productive men and women of God. But the devil wants to hold us up. The devil wants to sidetrack you. A couple weeks ago, I was preaching on Rahab's remarks and taking care of your dash. And Amy's like, you should have read the next two verses after that. Because Rahab's spilling her guts. She says, we heard what you did to the two kings on the other side of Jordan. We heard how the Lord brought you through the Red Sea and destroyed the armies of the most powerful nation on the earth. I mean, they, they got it on, they saw it on Instagram, they saw it on TikTok, they saw it on FaceTime, they saw it on everything. They might have even saw it on CBS. You remember when TV had three channels? And you know what? We were pretty happy, weren't we? We turned out, look how we turned out. You only had three channels to watch. Sometimes if the rotor was turned right and the wind was blowing the right way, you got the uh, public broadcasting station out of Pittsburgh, and sometimes you could watch a hockey game. If everything was in line, the stars, the wind, and the rotor. Remember the rotor? You kids don't even, you little kids don't even know what life is. Turn out there. Michelle, do you, do you remember a rotor? You remember a rotor? Well, go over there and we'll turn it. You remember a rotor? Okay. Turn it. You can hear it. And if you, and what I wanted to do was see and make sure it was working. So I'd pull the curtain back and look up outside. There it was. Turning. We were high tech. We were so far advanced. And yeah, now they have 2,500 channels and there ain't nothing to watch. Figure it out. The devil gets us all tied up. All tied up with everything. And Rahab says, we heard what you did, all that mess, and we know that you're going to do the same thing to us. And I'm closing with this. Isn't that something? I'm closing. The devil knows your potential. I wish I could say that in words that would just drive it into your spirit. I said, the devil knows our potential, and he's trying to keep us from discovering our potential. The devil just wants us to be a barren, fruitless tree. And God is saying, everything that you, that is in you, that I have put in you, is there to make you as productive as I want you to be. But the devil is trying to turn a, tone us down. The devil is trying to, trying to distract us. When I moved here 30 years ago, they did not have ball, baseball, any kind of sports on Wednesday nights. You remember those days? Why? Let me ask you in, in Texas terms. Michelle, why? I'll tell you why. Because that was church night. But that's all gone now. They got baseball on Wednesday nights. They got baseball on Sunday afternoons. And listen, if that doesn't take enough of your time, 
you're going to send your kid on a travel team. Your kid can't even catch a ball, but you're going to send him on a travel team. Some of the most fantastic expressions I ever saw from Marcus is when he was the only one that could catch a ball on his team. I've seen him. He'd be playing like second base, and they'd hit the ball, and they'd throw it to the first base, and the first base, you you know, you can lay, you can lay a pile of Benjamins on it. I mean, you could put $1,000. That kid was not catching that ball. And this is what we saw from second base. Glove hand. Oh. Hat. Because nobody could catch on the team. But we send them on travel teams so they'll get better. They're probably not going to get any better. They'll catch eventually. But you're not going to the MLB, baby. You probably won't even get a scholarship in college. Maybe, maybe not. I'm just telling you. The devil wants to keep us away from our potential because God knows what our potential is. Let's all stand. And Rahab knew the potential in those spies and the, and the nation that they represented. And what I'm saying is this. If you would ever realize, and I would ever realize what potential we do have. You know what? If God says and puts you uh, a voice in you to sing, then sing. It doesn't matter what anybody says. Oh, come on. If God has made you a teacher, then teach. Be a Bible study teacher. If God has given you a ministry of evangelist where you're going to talk to people. And you know what? You know what, sister? In the red kimono back there, moo moo, whatever you're wearing there. Whether you believe this or not, the spirit of the gift of evangelist is on you. I don't know if you if you take oil and rub underneath their desk. You know, you go in and early. You know, some of them you just want to dump it all over their desk. Lord, just they come in there and there's an oil slick all over the desk. What is going on here? And said, "Don't touch it. It's in Jesus' name." You know. But that's what, and the devil wants to use, use discouragement. Say, well, where are they? Well, that's not up to you. You got them here. They came. They were baptized. They got filled with the Holy Ghost. And guess what? You can't help what other people do. Amen? All you can do is say, guess what? There's almost five or eight billion more out there, and I'm going to go get another one. And I'm going to keep getting another one until finally you're going to be like Andrew. That Andrew was the guy that connected everybody to Jesus. Andrew was a networker. And Andrew goes and he finds a guy named his brothers named Peter. And he says, guess what? We have found him of whom Moses and the prophets did right. We found the Messiah. 
And Peter's saying, ah, yeah, you know, Andrew, you always finding somebody uh, all the time. You always finding somebody and you know, it always ends up just being a crash and burn. But lo and behold, what Peter didn't realize and what Andrew did not realize was Andrew was talking to the guy that was getting ready to get up three and a half years later on the day of Pentecost and say, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You don't ever know who you're going to touch in that one person. And the devil wants to keep you from talking. And the devil wants to keep you from praying. And the devil wants to keep you down and quiet. Don't make any waves. Just relax. You see what I'm saying? I'm talking about ignoring the devil and going after God and the kingdom a thousand and ten percent. Amen. Hallelujah. Rahab says, I, we heard what you did. We heard what happened to the two kings, Zion and Oz. That's the king's name, Oz. If I have any more kids, I'm going to name him Oz. Well, no, no more kids. He ain't coming. Oz. Poor Amy. She's in pain one day. She said, I'd rather have a baby. I said, my Lord, you are in pain. We heard what you did to those kings. We heard about the Red Sea. We've heard all about this. And she said, and nothing is going to stand in your way. Amen. So let me ask you this in closing. What would have happened if Rahab would have not been proactive and used her gift of hospitality and took a chance and let those guys in her house to hide them from the authorities? And she said, just ask, just promise me one thing. When you come and take the city, will you spare me and everybody in my house? And they said, you got it. You got it. Your life for ours. You got it. And she became the great, great grandmother of a king. How about it? Let's pray. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Oh, God. Lord, you have placed so many gifts in us. You have placed so many avenues of blessings in us. And the devil wants to take it away. The devil wants to lie to us and say, you can't do it like so-and-so. But, Lord, we must realize that you did not call us to do it like so-and-so. You called us to do it like us. You put that gift in us. You gave us that temperament and that personality. And God, you've given us the circle of influence and people that you have put in our lives. So today, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, that key people would come across the paths of every person in this church. I pray, Lord, that the steps of a good man, the word says, are ordered of the Lord. I pray that our steps would be so divinely ordered right into the paths of the people that are hungry and thirsty for you. 
in the name of Jesus. I need somebody helping me pray. Come on now. In the name of Jesus. Lord, let us be released from the yoke of the lies of the enemy today in the name of the Lord. Let us become fruitful Christians, men and women of God. Let us become soul winners in the name of Jesus Christ. Let us become God's stronger soldiers as we went through battle after battle in this war. And Lord, lead us to that hungry heart in the name of Jesus. That we have been equipped and we have been, Lord, gifted to reach and touch. That soul, that heart, for your glory and for your kingdom. And Lord, I pray for each and every person in this house today. And each and every brother and sister who is watching online today. That Lord, in the name of Jesus, you would do a dynamic work in their lives. Lord, what we have affectionately termed faith bombs around here. That you would drop faith bombs upon all of us. Move us, Lord, into a dimension and a realm that which we have never been to before. Move us into a level, God, that we have never been in before. And let us, God, walk in a new powerful authority. And let us walk, Lord, in a new level of faith to where we can look at that, that, that barren fig tree. And if we have to speak a word, then, Lord, heaven backs up our word. We ask this in Jesus' name. As we go from this place, Lord, let us go in the power of your spirit and in the power of your love. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, oh, come on. Everybody said, amen. Amen. Wednesday night church. Don't forget, 7 o'clock. Also, next Sunday, we're having another holiday. We got more holidays than Doc's Bar and Grill. Amen. Okay, holiday, 4th of July, 10 o'clock service only. No classes, 10 o'clock service. 4th of July is next Sunday already. Amen. Be careful out there. Love to all. Greet your brothers and sisters before you leave.